Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I am your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce my first book is now in print. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors, and in this book, I explain eight out of the 14. I've had some amazing feedback on how easy it is to read and understand. It's not full of that technical doctory language like most books written by doctors are. And of course, the book is also includes my own personal fatigue story, along with four other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. It's available in paperback in Kindle form, so if you'd like a copy, you can find it on Amazon or on my website, www.drcarry.com. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm very excited about this week's show because my special guest is someone that I greatly admire, Ms. Elizabeth Finney. Let me tell you a little bit about Elizabeth. Elizabeth specializes in inspiring men and women to recognize the power they have in their own aging. Through her Get Fit workshop, she inspires people to want to eat better and exercise more. One vehicle she uses is a meditative strength training technique she created called Bodspear for fitness after 45. Elizabeth is an ACE certified personal trainer since 2000 and a member of the Experts Industry Association. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Oh, thanks, Dr. Carey. It's nice to be here. Elizabeth, after all these years of training people, what's the one thing that you've learned above all others? Well, I would have to say that when you give to your body, your body will respond to you in kind. And that I tell people often. You know, we constantly take from our bodies all day long. And, you know, we're awake basically 112 hours a week. And that 112 hours is typically spent demanding of our bodies for everything that we try to do. And what my push is, is to try to get people to give their bodies back six hours a week. And that's pretty much it. An hour a day. I don't believe in 20 minutes of exercise and that's going to cut it. I truly believe we need to get, dedicate an hour a day to our bodies to give back so that it can have the stamina to carry on. That makes total complete sense. Elizabeth, how did you get started in personal training? Well, I was 40 years old when I had my last child. And when she was about five, I was 45. I realized that if she waited till 40 to have a child, I would be 80. And I realized that I had better get doing something to get in better shape. And so I'd be healthy. So I started looking around and I couldn't find anything. And there wasn't anything specifically for a 45-year-old woman who was in decent shape as far as activity levels. I could do pretty much everything I wanted to. I'd already been, always been a sports person, but not 
fanatical about it. I could just ski when I wanted to or bike ride, but nothing heavy. As I say, there was no program for a 45-year-old body. So I um, started working out and talking to a lot of people, and it was literally suggested to me, well, why don't you do this for a living? And it had never occurred to me, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I could do this. I like this. So, And because I was a single parent and I had three young children, I wanted to be able to be close to home. So I was able to have the gym in my home, and clients came to me. And that's and it was literally word of mouth. I live in a small community that also has a summer aspect to it, where the population doubles in the summertime. So I I just opened the door and people came. Where did you get the name Bodsphere, and how did you develop it? Well, as I say, there wasn't really anything out there for my body, and I wanted to help my customers who I just didn't feel that the standard stuff was right. And I started working slower. And I started working with lighter weights because when you move the weight slow, like with strength training, when you move the weight slower, you don't need such a heavy weight. And then it, the whole thing kind of fell into place literally while I was walking my dog one day. And I realized that it was strength training in rhythm with your breathing so that the pace of the breath determines the pace of the movement. So that you take a breath and as you inhale, that's during your release. And the duration of your inhale is the duration of the release. And as you exhale, that is your contraction. And the duration of your breath determines how long it takes you to lift that weight. So, and then the name Bodsphere just kind of made sense, body spirit, because it's the body and the breath. So that's how it all came about. And then over the years, I've been doing it for 14 years now. Over the years, I have created, um, I teach classes every week, and I have 20 different classes with the Bodspear Method, 240 different exercises that are no two are the same, so that when people come to 20 classes, they've never repeated the exercise. And then I start the cycle again. So it's really great. And we, we include things like the neck and the ankles and the fingers and the hands that are not usually worked on at all. But as the aging body goes, you know, our hands are very important. Our feet and ankles, it's very critical to keep strong ankles because it's so easy to twist your ankle. And our hands are get more and more arthritic as we get older. So there are ways to offset that by doing different kinds of exercises. So we always make sure to include, you know, those different areas in our workouts as well. Elizabeth, what was the most surprising thing you learned that you weren't expecting when you started training people? <laughs> this is great. Um, I love this question. Well, what was funny when um, I started training with or doing my self-education to get a certified, I was looking into special populations, which is a, a generic term that ACE uses as far as people who have illnesses or difficulty moving or they might be diabetic or they might be obese or whatever the issue is. And I always said, oh, God, I don't want to do that. I just want to get people who are just in great shape and just want to work out some more, which is ironic because as soon as I started, literally the very first customer I had and, and client I had had something wrong with them. And then the next one had something different wrong. And then the third one, and I realized as the years go on, literally everybody has something. There's not one person who doesn't have an issue going on. So I think that was surprising to me that um, I would be therefore working not so much. I do, of course, work with special populations at this stage, but it's, it was funny to me that all of a sudden somebody had a bad shoulder or their lower back was bothering them or something in their neck. And if somebody, everybody had something. And what's the biggest resistance you find in people exercising? I make a living because people, people can't discipline themselves to exercise. Uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, mostly time. 
I think that's the biggest resistance that you find as far as people not exercising. It's people don't take the time and or will not dedicate the time to themselves for that, especially women. I mean, we as women are so used to giving and we give and give and give and give. And when it comes time to taking an hour a day out for ourselves, it's like there's got to be something else I have to do because it's just not typical for us to do that for ourselves. So I would have to say definitely time that people just don't don't want to take the time. And Elizabeth, I'll, I'll have to admit, and I admit to all my listeners that I fit into that category very neatly. And although I, I have two Basset Hounds and I walk them every day, we walk for about three kilometers and I love doing that. But other than that, I really hated to do exercise. And it really did come down to using time as an excuse that I don't have the time And so what finally worked for me was just hiring a personal trainer, just shelling out the dollars, making that investment in myself, and that Mm -hmm. I really did need a personal trainer to to be accountable to. Right. Well, you know, I understand. Like I always say, it's job security for people like me. But but what I'm that's one of the reasons why I created the um, the Fit Workshop because that had everything to do. It's it's the inspiration piece that when people can get inspired to do it for themselves, then that's art in order to change behavior. And that's what the Fit Workshop is all about. It's it's getting people to their heart center, finding that one special thing that might have happened to them when they were eight years old that has stopped them from moving forward and taking time out for themselves. But we do that. It's a um, we dive into that, and we get very. It gets very personal. It's a very small group always, and it just gets very personal because it's that's where I want to get people to go is to that one place that's going to go. You know what? I don't need to hire a trainer. I get it now. I want to do this, and then as I say, and everybody has their own reason to want to. My want was when I wanted to be a healthy grandmother. But what happens is, is once you start taking the time for yourself and once you start being diligent about it, then what happens after a couple of months or three months, I'm sure you found out after you were working out that you wouldn't want to stop this because you feel too good. Absolutely. And getting back to the time thing, Mm -hmm. the time excuse, I actually found that when I made that time in my schedule to dedicate to exercise, Uh my schedule actually... Sure, I had to change it a little bit, but in the end, my schedule actually flowed better, and I actually became much more productive. Well, that would be a result because of the exercising, for yeah. sure. And also, and that also goes back to what when you asked at the beginning about what is what's the one thing that I've I've learned the most is when you give to your body, your body responds to you in kind. It gives back to you based on everything that you've been doing for it. I mean, it's, there's really, there's a synergy there that happens that's intangible, but I see it time and time and time again with everybody I work with. That's what happens. And people, I mean, my favorite clients, well, now I'm, I'm doing much more consulting work than I am one-on-one training because I can certainly help more people that way. And we do a, a you know, a head-to-toe assessment and evaluation and everything, but it's, it's getting them to the place where they go from, I should do this and I should do that into, I want to. And that's, that's the key. That's when I know that they get it. And as soon as they start, they just need a month or two months to do it. And sure enough, they start to feel so good that it's not something that they would ever give up. And I found that in my practice, too, that it, it is a matter of that patient evolving, going from that I should do it to I want to do it. Yep. 
Yeah, it's huge. It is. So Elizabeth, what is the one lesson above all others that you wish everybody understood that would change their lives forever? You know, I never knew when I got into this business that selling good health will have a very hard time, as I say, you know, thinking about, and I'm sure you find this too, thinking about the fact that they can actually control what's going on in their body. Most people feel that they are victims when they get sick or things start to go wrong. They feel that they are the victim of that. What I truly wish everyone understood was that, no, you really have much more control over this than you know. You have control over, you know, the whole bad knees and bad ankles and bad hips, the hip replacements, the numbers of hip replacements and and knee replacements we're doing this in this country is just insane. And people, if they would simply exercise and make their thighs stronger, that would help as well as certainly lose weight and make sure that they're within the normal range for weight. I mean, I had terrible knees. It was so embarrassing. I would my knees would crunch as I would walk around my class trying to help people in their positions. And it was, it got to be funny. And I, you know, I went to an orthopedic surgeon who very much wanted to get inside my knees and scrape out all that nasty cartilage that was making all that noise. And I said, no, I don't think I want to do that. So I just started focusing on my thighs and and, uh, legs and started getting them stronger and stronger. And sure enough, within months, the crunching went away. I have no knee issues. I was once hit by a car as a pedestrian in my knees. And uh, so they were very sensitive anyway. No issues at all. And that's because I simply got my legs stronger. And it's not just about strengthening, of course. It's about flexibility. Um, but, But I did all that. And that's what made my knees fine now. So I guess back to your question, I wish people understood how much control they do have, especially over aging. Because, you know, people just think, well, arthritis is inevitable. That's not that inevitable. It might start to come, but even if it does, there are so many different things you can do to offset it that it's not something that would impact their life. I love that, Elizabeth. That is so true. Everybody has so much more control than they think. So, Elizabeth, can you explain to our listeners what is the difference between exercise versus being active? This question... I speak about, in many of my my talks, I speak about, because most people feel like you said, you were walking your dog three kilometers a day, and that was all you were getting, but at least you were doing that. And to me, in my frame of reference, what you were doing was an activity. You were walking your dog. The benefit of the activity was for your dog. It wasn't for you. If, however, you took yourself out and went for a three-kilometer walk without the dog, That, to me, is exercise. Otherwise, it's an activity. So oftentimes, I'd have um, people would say, oh, I'm always, I'm constantly busy. I'm, I'm very active. I do my gardening. I clean my own house. I walk my dog. You know, I'm always moving. And it's like, that is wonderful. Oh, and a lot of people, they put a pedometer on or how many steps they're going to do in a day. And which, again, is is a fantastic thing to do just to see how much you do move have an ultimate destination in a sense. The gardening is for the garden. As I say, the dog walk is for the dog. The vacuuming is for the house to be clean. All these things are for other purposes. They're not for you and they're not for your body. So to me, I feel that exercise is something that you do over an extended period of time, ideally an hour, that is solely for your body in helping your body get stronger and helping it be healthier. 
and that's my definition as far as exercise and activity. And there's certainly plenty of other people in the fitness industry who would probably disagree with me. But this is what I found, again, working with the older population. That would be the difference is that um, definitely. Also, just if I might add, and we do this with the Bodspear method, is that in exercise with strength training specifically, what I found is that it's, it's strength training and rhythm with your breathing. It's that word rhythm. And what happens is people are breathing. They're exhaling and they're inhaling and they're exhaling and they're inhaling. And it creates very much a rhythm. And I will tell you, the body loves the rhythm. It loves the steadiness, it loves the pace, and it loves the rhythm. And it's like uh, in a, a massage in sense, um, in a sense, even though you're doing strength training. But it's just, that's why I call it meditative strength training, because of the synergy that's going on between the body and the spirit and the rhythm that's going on. The body just kind of lulls itself and really, even though you're, you're strengthening and getting stronger and using your muscle tissue and doing difficult contractions, even still with all that going on, because of the rhythm of it, the body just loves it. So that's another part of the exercise that I really like to um, include is the, the rhythm when you do the strength training is to get rhythm involved there. That makes so much sense because... On all levels, there our body is in different, you know, rhythms. There's a rhythm to your heart rate. There's a rhythm, as you said, like to your breathing, a rhythm to your sleep-wake mm-hmm. cycle, a rhythm to your cerebral spinal fluid. <laughs> Not to get too technical, yes, but, right. no, but yeah, right. there's all these yep. different rhythms. And I love that you have incorporated the rhythm of the breathing with the exercise. It's fabulous. Now, Elizabeth, when it comes to healthy aging, what do you think are the four cornerstones to healthy and energetic aging? Well, I have an acronym that I used, and I say the answer is right here, H-E-R-E. And the H is for hydration. We are, um, our bodies are made up of, what, 68% water? Is that right? Something Something like like that, that. yes. And... And we need, and if you just look at at your organs, for instance, like your liver and your kidney, every time you see those of animals, you know, it's, they're, they're very supple with fluid. So it's critical that we keep hydrated and that we drink enough and that I do not consider uh, juice or soda or anything, but to me, I'm talking water, coffee, if it's caffeinated, uh, is a dehydrator or it's a diuretic. Uh, Same thing with alcohol as a dehydrator. So you have to increase your intake of water if you're drinking those kinds of things. Obviously, anything with sugar in it is considered a food as far as your body is concerned. So it's not really a liquid. Yes, there's water as part of it, but it's more difficult for your body to extract. It still has to go through digestion. And what my always enforce is water. Just drink the water. See how much your body is able to withstand. And the more, the better. As, but just keep a watch on your the color of your urine. To me, that's the easiest indicator of whether you've had enough water to drink. And if there is a slight tint of yellow to your urine, then you're right on the right track. And that's how much you should have. I always encourage people to keep, you know, pour four bottles for the day, four 16-ounce bottles for the day, and go through as many as you can, but keep them out and poured so you know where you're at as far as in the day. I encourage a half gallon a day, but that is so flexible based on the individual. Um, That's what I drink, and that's what works for my body. But everybody is different, so I would encourage them to try and experiment. So that's the first. That's hydration. 
the second E, um, H-E, is exercise. And that we've gone through already a bit, is that it's very important to give your body an hour of day of exercise dedicated solely for the purpose of maintaining good health and good flexibility for your body. And then the R is for rest. And um, I mentioned 112 waking hours a week. Um, that is assuming you sleep eight hours a night. I go to bed with the intention of sleeping eight hours a night. Never do. But at least I'm in bed. And I'm relaxing. And I might wake up after only six, like this morning. I woke up after six hours and was perfectly awake. And it's like, okay, that's all my body needs right now. So it varies all the time, but then I got an extra two hours this morning, so that wasn't bad. So that is, again, everybody is different, but I encourage you to rest your body. That is when so much takes place overnight as far as rejuvenation is concerned and regenerating and rebuilding, and your body needs that sleep, especially your brain. Um, your brain needs the rest as well. And also within rest, I kind of throw in uh, meditation with that. Because stress has become such an overwhelming time investor for everybody. I mean, everyone is stressed. Everyone has too much to do. So within that rest um, letter that R, I include meditation. And if not formal meditation, just sitting quiet. Like in the middle of the afternoon, I like to simply go into another room and get comfortable and just sit for 20 minutes. And meditate maybe, but typically I just try to sit and just relax and not read, not look at anything, not do anything. And it's like a kickstart for my brain, and it helps rejuvenate everything and get things going again. And then the last E is for eating, which we could talk about for about three days. Yeah, I think. we could. <laughs> what the fitness industry is finding out, certainly, and the rest of the world already knows, is that eating is it's the food in our mouth that is determining the future of our bodies. And the future of the food industry here in the United States is frightening with how much power the food industry has now and how much and the, the government as well uh, over our organic food. There is just so much that's going on um, right now in our food system that um, I fortunately have one of the largest organic farms, literally a quarter of a mile from my house. So I am always able to get fresh produce, and in the winter they have a, another location, but I'm able to always get fresh produce. I have chosen to be a vegan in my life because that's what works for my body, and I've only been vegan for three years, but it was um, a huge change that dramatically changed everything that was going on as far as my body functions and how I could perform, how I reacted to exercise, everything, and it works for me. So I would encourage people to eat organic if they possibly can. I know it is more expensive. There, I'm sure there's some other things in their weekly purchases that they might be able to cut back on. But if they can buy organic to do that, or grass-fed meat, cage-free eggs. But there, there are a lot of things that go on, even with those labels. But that's the best that we can do at this time. So absolutely, because it's what you put in. We really, truly are what we eat. And it's when your body is used to only clean food and good food, then it will react very negatively to anything else that you try to put in. So if you really don't even know where to start, I encourage you to just don't eat junk food for a week. Just stop all junk food and all processed food just for one week and then slowly start to reintroduce things. And your body will tell you what's right for you and what's wrong for you. So that's the answer to the four cornerstones, um, the answer is right here.
here being hydration, exercise, rest, and eating. I love it. Now, if we can switch gears for a little bit. Sure. There's been a lot of controversy in the fitness industry and in the medical industry about whether or not to stretch. Me personally, I'm very inflexible, especially in my, my hips and my legs. Why do you think it's so important? And does stretching, does it help with our aging? Well, let me ask you a question. When you've been sitting in the car for two or three hours and then you have to get out of the car, how does it feel? I feel like an old woman. There you go. (laughs) So do you think it's important? And that's exactly what it's all about. When And the older we get, the more settled our joints get into when we sit or when we're in a car or we're in a particular position. And our, our joints seem to settle in quicker. So when we get out of that position, we feel like an old, an old lady because it's, you kind of unpretzel yourself. The more flexible you are, the less that happens. And when in strength training, when you are contracting the muscle, so you know, envision a bicep curl. So you're holding the weight in your hand, you bend your elbow and you bring the weight up. The muscle in your bicep, which is in the front part of the upper half of your arm, contracts. That means that it, it pulls itself closer together. And then when you release the weight, then it slowly opens itself back up. So strength training is a series of contractions and extensions. So when you do contractions and extensions with a weight, and then you do 15 repetitions, let's say, so that your muscle has been worked and over, you know, overexerted, certainly. And if it hasn't, then get a heavier weight. But your muscle's been overexerted and you've bunched up all of that microscopic tissue that's in that muscle. Well, the best thing you can do is to stretch that muscle and to realign all that muscle tissues that's gotten all garbled up in the efforts that it's taken to contract the muscle. So we do in Bodspear, we work the legs and then we stretch the legs. I have like five or six different stretches that we do every single class just for our legs. And then we'll work the back and stretch the back and work the chest and stretch the chest. So we always do the appropriate stretch right after we do the exercise. And I can say in 14 years with the hundreds of people that I've worked with, five people, literally five people have come back to me saying, oh my gosh, I hurt so much after last class. Otherwise people don't hurt and they get stronger and they lift heavier, but they don't get hurt and they or not get hurt, but they don't hurt. They're not sore. And As far as I'm concerned, that has everything to do with the stretching. So back to this, as far as the fitness industry is concerned, the fitness industry did tons and tons of testing and about stretching before you exercised. And they all concluded that there were no more injuries, whether you stretched or you didn't stretch before you exercise, but it's the stretching after where there are no, there's no conclusive you know, evidence or testing that it helps on the other end either. So therefore, is it worth it? I feel it is because when you stretch, you become more flexible. And when you become more flexible, you can get in and out of the car a lot easier. You can get up and down off of a chair after you've been sitting there a lot easier. In and out of the movie theater. You know, all the different things that you've been doing has everything to do with flexibility as well as strength, but mainly getting in and out of that car, you know, and, and you know, twisting your body into a certain position to get in and out of the car, especially in the back seat of a two-door car, um, has everything to do with flexibility. 
So I have taken the stand that I, I insist on stretching with everything that we do, regardless of what the um, fitness industry is promoting. Um, that's, that's what I do with my clients. And Elizabeth, getting back to healthy eating, now if there was one recommendation you could give about eating and diet, what would it be? Well, I think I would really eat super healthy for a week. I, I repeat what I was saying before. I really would say that to eat super healthy for a week, just one week, that's all you need. And then slowly introduce different things that you know are questionable as to whether you should eat them or not. Because your body will tell you exactly what it is. But you got to introduce them one thing at a time. So if you don't know if you are gluten sensitive, let's say, because gluten free is so hot right now. Everything is gluten free. The problem with that is everything that they're putting into the bread so that it's not gluten is it has huge ramifications with your glycemic index and shoots your sugar levels way up there because of the kinds of flour they are replacing with the gluten. So, I mean, I did, I did the whole gluten thing and I, I stopped eating all bread and I even make my own bread and I stopped eating it for a couple of weeks and then I started doing, I did gluten-free and then I stopped that too and I went back to regular bread, not a thing. So I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine with gluten. So it really, um, everybody's body is different. So it's a question of finding out what foods work for you, especially meat. I mean, meat is huge. Uh, meat what took, was taking a terrible toll on my body, and I had no idea until I stopped eating it how much of a toll it was taking. So that's the kind of thing that, again, everybody is so different. I, I don't go along with any fad diet because everybody's body is different. So I don't feel that there's a diet out there except the one that has your name on it that is right for you. So you need to find your own diet that works for you. So what you're describing sounds like an elimination diet. Is I didn't know there was that a name for There is for a name it, for that, that diet, but it's okay, called an elimination okay. diet. And like you said, okay. you eat very healthy for two or three weeks and then you slowly reintroduce foods just one at a time to see if your body... Uh, reacts to that food if that food is your friend or if that food is your enemy i didn't i'm isn't that funny no because i've been talking about that for the last 14 years and i didn't know that there was a name to it so there yeah, you go and actually sure. the elimination diet is considered the the gold standard to find food allergies and food sensitivities well that certainly makes sense yeah yeah that would be it elizabeth how can our audience find out more about bodspear and how can they find out more about what you have to offer well, my website is www.fitnessafter45.com. That has everything about my care package, which is an individualized program. It has everything about Bodsphere, and it also discusses the Get Fit Workshop. And then they can reach me through that, too. Perfect. Well, Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much for being my special guest today. This was an awesome interview. Thank you very much, Dr. Carey. Thanks a lot for asking me. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Elizabeth Finney. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. 
Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.